So we, we invent these things that are inscribed with suggestion. So in one part, it's, are people mentally ill? Or is the world embedded with suggestion that we haven't thought about? Maybe we are building an inhumane world. My name is Sean, and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives, and we almost never talk about it. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, we are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. A huge thanks to all the survivors who have joined me here on this podcast since we launched in July of 2020 and to everybody who listens. Really, thank you. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at SuicideNoted. We do have a website and you can contact us there as well, uh, SuicideNoted.com. And as always, I will put in the show notes ways in which you can support the podcast in addition to listening if you'd like to. And please keep in mind, we are talking about suicide on this podcast. It may not be a great fit for everybody. Take that into account before you listen. I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. Today I am talking with M. M lives in Georgia, and they are a suicide attempt survivor. Hey M, so you are in Georgia, you're an architect. Just that alone is fascinating to me. How in the world is it that you found me? and are open to talking about things that people don't typically talk about. What's going on there, Michelle? I think that like the idea of ideating and things like that are more common part of the human experience than people want to talk about. And there's no real, Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you talk about that with friends? Like, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. when you work a lot, generally whenever you see people who want it to be a good time and everything like that. So I remember I was just pretty recently just ideating a lot and there was like no not really a way to solve it especially if like you get in like a kind of space and so I just ended up like looking up stuff on the internet and found your podcast and then I just pretty much streamed like almost all the stories just to instead of it being like other people's Mm. a lot of people have no interest in hearing this stuff but the people that do they do right Mm -hmm. have you attempted however you define that yeah is, it, is there one attempt or more than one? More than one. All right. You want to go back to the first one and sort of share with us whatever you'd like? Yeah, I think that ideating is kind of, you know, I think it starts. I don't know exactly when it started, but it was kind of that confounded with more, I'd say, dangerous suicidal behaviors and things like that. You know, I grew up skating and stuff and kind of a way of always scratching that itch was maybe like through skating and doing, pushing myself to the mindset where it doesn't matter what happens, just going to do it. There was like a lot of incidences where I got very hurt, but <clears throat> never really kind of shook me until I think my first year at undergrad. I remember I was just in the dormitories and we had like the outdoor walkways and everything. And I just 
grabbed onto the side of the building and then swung from one level to the other and then just like landed and then just kind of immediately like sat down and started, you know, bawling my eyes out. All right. So just to go back, so I'm clear, you're in college and it's kind of risky behavior. Yeah. All right. So when you were doing the thing, uh, going from those sections of the building, did you, was that, did you want to leave? Were you done? Yeah, it's kind of, you kind of get into a tunnel vision. It's just wanting to do that. But then I think after that point, um, I think kind of had a realization of like what the actual intent was. And then later in life, it was, you know, more within the definitions of, of attempting, you know. All right. So what happens in college? You got to kind of do it chronologically if you want. You left off saying you. I don't know what happened. I think I smoked weed one night, which I don't do anymore because uh, you're younger. You do it to be cool with your friends and everything. And then eventually you realize you just have like horrible realizations and mind races and things like that. At least it does for me. I think that happened one night. And then then I just, you know, kind of like this kind of existential epiphany about myself in the world. And then, you know, it's like the first time ever reaching like, I think like true, like super deep depression. You know, usually some people that happens to them whenever, you know, smoke weed and they feel really bad and stuff, but it was different because it like didn't really leave for, I don't think it ever really left, you know. This is going back, this is college. Mm-hmm. But I've always been, I've always been like kind of a dark soul. All right. Given that, I know that you finished college. Really hard to do your work without having finished college. So it got tough, but you got through. And what happens into your 20s? I don't know how old you are. You look pretty young, but. Oh, yeah. great. Glad I look young. Well, I actually went to school originally for art. Mm. So I had a, you know, played that game for a while. It's like kind of like a crazy, you know, I've always been a sucker for following my passions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my interests, you know, in sculpture and everything like that, then led to fabrication and furniture and stuff like that. Then, you know, the next step up in the progression of kind of that pursuit was then to go to graduate school for higher end design. So. Higher end design. And you make it through. Mm-hmm. You're doing well in school. Mm-hmm. That's because yeah. I think I think it's like the the same thing that leads me to those situations, which is like a kind of hyper fixation, determination to follow through and things like that. You know, there's no other space. It's like the same thing that like makes me like really good and focused and do, I think, good work. But then it's the same thing that, you know, sometimes in the wrong directions kind of lead me to lose perspective. So was that the experience you shared when you were earlier? I think it was early on in your college career. Do you consider that your first suicide attempt? Yeah, like first time where I was like, just kind of, I was like completely alone by myself at like two o'clock in the morning, you know, just Mm -hmm. like kind of pacing. And then just like, was like, I'm going to do this. Mm. And then, and then afterwards realizing that it was, I just wanted to see what happened for better or worse. Um, what happens the next time? He said there was multiple, some sort of hopping mm-hmm. around, I realized a little bit. You could fill in the gaps however you want. Yeah. And then after that, I think, I think it was like two years after I graduated, getting to a kind of unresolvable argument with my partner at the time. You know, I wasn't in a great spot. I was like living with my parents and everything like that, just because mm. made a few missteps, ambitions awry, and just didn't, didn't really land exactly how I wanted to. I don't even know what it was about. You know, I haven't talked mm. to that person forever, but it just seemed like just went into kind of tunnel vision, you know? And I just remember getting in the car and 
driving until everything looked different. And so I have no idea how long I drove for. And then just like beeline it, you know, parked my car somewhere randomly. And then just like walked out into the woods and set up a scenario to uh, hang myself and just kind of, you know, fully set it up. And for some reason, being that disconnected and everything finally broke the tunnel vision. Mm. I just remember, yeah, just being out there for, I don't know, feeling it. And then just stepped down, thought about it, then just slowly made my way back home. Mm. I ask these questions. I'm always trying to understand, but it's, you know, sometimes there's no words. I know that, you know, like the idea of coming so close and not, and it doesn't happen. And like you say, you then, I mean, what choice do you have? You, you get your shit, you get in your car like what do I, and you go, you drive home. Like what else are you going to do? It mm-hmm. seems so mundane. It's like so mm-hmm. ordinary after this thing in mm-hmm. which you almost weren't here anymore. Those two don't, it's like the weird contrast. Are you numb? Is the tunnel there? Are you a little bit relieved? Yeah, I guess maybe it's like that mind space is over. And then back to, you know, that still don't feel good. Still got to, you know, put in work. But everybody that you talk to, you can't, you can't talk to a therapist or anything like that about that stuff. You got to like, kind of be like, eh, I'm feeling like really bad. Tell the listening audience, most of which, or most of whom know, know why you cannot tell people, including your therapist, or at least in your experience, what is, what, is, what, what's the risk of telling them the truth? Yeah. Well, I'd say that later I did find out what the risk of telling the truth was and yeah it was just horrifying it's you get treated like inhumanely by the hospital system yeah it doesn't matter who you are as soon as you cross that threshold and are outed by an institution like it's it's not good i was lucky to you know, make it out quickly you know that process is it's traumatizing not there to help you it's there to um punish you and make sure you get back get back to it and stop misbehaving in this way it's much more of a yeah penalty it's a penalty system absolutely a penalty system fuck you for trying get your ass back and do what everybody else is doing don't pull that shit again i think what i really appreciate it appreciate you saying to like other people is like you know it's not about a magic word or set of words it's not like a a puzzle you know it's not a string it's like of words you can put together in order to kind of unlock this mysterious thought but you know there's this other kind of emotive, you know, thing that's in response to environment and response to the quality of life. Not everybody has complete control over, mm-hmm. you know, we work ourselves into, you know, jobs and situations or don't work ourselves into them. That might be just completely circumstantial. Some cases I look at people that like, don't have these thoughts or anything like that as equally insane. Like mm. we live in a kind of suicidal culture. I think that's like one thing. It is the, the commonness of it is a strange thing. It's I think the way I like to think about it, it's like because uh, I'm a nerd about different things, is like no one jumped off of a bridge until we built a bridge. You know, mm-hmm. no one shot themselves in the head before we invented a gun. Mm-hmm. You don't have the thoughts. So we we invent these things that are inscribed with suggestion. Mm-hmm. So in one part, it's, are people mentally ill or is the world embedded with suggestion that we haven't thought about? If we don't, maybe we are building an inhumane world. 
in some ways. Not to say it's all it's all bad, but I think sure you know, having like a little deeper introspection. It's like right. It's an interesting, really interesting question. Not surprising. It's coming from a designer. Like you have that that brain is going on about the yeah. It, for me, it makes sense that a designer might think that way. How are we building the world and then responding to that design? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. But question for you. So, and I and I, I think I'm taking this in a different direction for a moment. Right. No one could kill themselves with a gun because there was no gun. There was no bridge to. But people were always offing themselves. I think I don't have proof of that. So I don't know what was going on. 10,000 years ago or whatever the number is, but I think. Well, they wrote it, wrote it into the Bible to say like, don't kill yourself. So people must've been killing themselves. Right. <laughs> please don't do that. You know, it's written do into that. religion. Yeah. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I think it is a human behavior, but I'd say that, you know, there's, we do have, we do have the ability. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say like all my opinions about all these things because I ruminate a lot, but I think, uh, you know, the majority of things are not really built for us it's mostly built for exchange of capital it feels really isolating and yeah like when you're struggling every like a lot of people are struggling and you're struggling so hard for other people to make money off of you yeah and you're talking about it to most people they'd be like well you're just crazy for thinking that way that's what crazy people think that's that's fundamental i don't think i i agree with what you're saying i think there are people that will say that like I just use myself as an example. Oh, that's just Sean being Sean. Yeah, I'm like, it's like every time making... you get like a cup of coffee out or just a cup of coffee, and you think about like how much went into it, which is, and you're just like, this is not sustainable. Right. But I need to like eat this food that is like like destroying the planet in order for me to do my job. I think that's maybe something fundamental about maybe the perspective. Whenever I get into a dark spot, I'm just like, well, what's the direction? Is there is there a sense that as a uh, the world? And its inhabitants are essentially committing suicide or killing themselves on a grand scale here. It's going to, it's not going to sustain. And we are all little parts of that. So it's not shocking that we would sometimes do that as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a little too preachy. I don't want. Sure. Sure. You had the experience, the building, you had the experience in the woods. Mm -hmm. Was there an additional thing that happened that you consider an attempt? Yeah, that was the, I guess the one that landed me i guess in the hospital and everything Mm -hmm. i was in a another maybe like not so great relationship i guess you know we ended on good terms eventually and everything but it was just you know argument in which (sighs) things got so misconstrued and they were just so angry at me and i like just felt like there was no undoing that anger you know never want to see you again and throwing things at me and stuff like that and became very close with the person and everything Mm. and it wasn't so much about them I think I I have a really hard time like uh, connecting with people and you know I keep a lot of people at like a pretty far distance and I was just like you know it was mostly like I would say about about me and I was just like I can't even keep people that I like around me wasn't I wasn't happy my job at the time and everything like that or feeling overwhelmed and super inadequate isolated from my coworkers and things like that and i just you know went outside and tried to you know, hang myself again on the tree outside and almost followed through but then luckily i'm i'm pretty athletic so i was able to kind of wiggle my way out of it oh so it was around your neck and you were hanging yeah okay and i called my friend and you know try tried to do the whole support system 
thing and everything with the community and all that. And, and, it, and, it, and it worked, you know, went over to their house, talked again. But I think this time I was just like back in the committed phase of doing it, but trying to take the steps of doing the right thing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. integrating my friends and stuff like that. But then, you know, I just left their house and went back to try it doing it again and they followed me to my house and then made sure not to that I was acting too weird and stopped and then then they called over a bunch of people from our community to kind of see it and I'm like kind of okay but people were like people talking down to you and they weren't really getting maybe the the bigger bigger internal feeling of it and then I you know I I just kind of lost it and fell asleep and then just started going nuts in the morning again and then that's when they yeah, that's when they called and talked to them and I didn't care what was coming out of my mouth. So, okay. So then they're taking you to the hospital. Yeah. And then you stay there for how long? Stayed there for two days. It was like the worst. Yeah. It was like really bad. I remember they used it. I know that they used it because I looked it up, but it's all this furniture for prison. So it's all made to be uncomfortable. It's made of the super hard foam that isn't exactly fit to the human body. Why? I don't know, but they have you sleep on it. And so everything has like a concave curve or is like not like one to one for the human body, but like like three quarters. And so like your legs just stick over. None of it fit. And it was like super strange. And I remember I remember this one's like kind of I thought it was funny or at least ironic. I remember this woman came in and they were like, I need you to sign this form. And I was like, okay, it's like this is saying that in case like something happens, we have the right to tie you down and everything. And and in this circumstance, we'd call a family member. So I need you to write down your family member and and say yes. They took away all my stuff. And I didn't, I don't know, it's 2022. No one remembers anyone's phone numbers. So I said, I don't know their phone. They're like, oh, we'll get it for you. And then I signed it. And then I just started crying. And they said, what's wrong? And I was just like, what? Yeah. How are you? Oh. They don't get it, bro. I thought that was just like the most crazy thing. Someone asked me what they said. They started crying. Because I just signed something that said that could take away like all my rights. I started right. crying. What's wrong? And this was this year. Summer 2021. Summer 2021. Two days in the hospital. Not good. Came out. Still in Corona Corona world. How have you been since? Been been good. And then you know, like life moves on and you do better and everything. And then, and then I started going on medications again. And everything like that. I've been on medications, but, you know, maybe more accurate ones. But there's this one that they started to prescribe to me, which was for sleeping. And so I just didn't take uh, them for three prescription pills. And then just thought, oh, I'm going to gonna do it the Jimi Hendrix way. Oh, yeah, overdosing. Yeah. So you tried that way? Yeah. When was this? January. Less than a, so a month or so ago. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I got, I got COVID. And I was super bored, realized that I was alone. You know, it's just like things just don't really make you feel good anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And so even on like the medications and all that stuff. So decided to, you know, drink a bunch and take all the sleeping pills. And then I have roommates too. And then they just, I don't know what I did or anything. I must have took them and then got rid of all the evidence. And I was like passed out on the floor. They found me. They just thought I got really drunk. Carried me to my bed. I like slept for two days and woke up, did it on a Friday. So slept the whole weekend, logged into work on Monday. <laughs> this is what we do. 
Yeah. And at some point, not that long after that, you put the word suicide into Spotify or Apple or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, did you ever get a diagnosis that you think is correct? Depression, uh, general anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And the meds you're taking now, you don't feel are doing much? I think one part of it is like a mental health diagnosis. And mm-hmm. go back to numerous therapists and stuff and they'll give me the same diagnosis or psychiatrists and stuff like that doctors there's another part of it that's just like intellectual you know having maybe not a great outlook for not being an optimist and Mm. i don't think that all mental health makes you suicidal you know mental illness Mm, for sure not yeah Mm -hmm. and there's plenty of people who have entered their lives who at least my doctor has told me they're not mentally ill People choose to end their lives that are mentally stable. However, that's defined. Yeah. So another part of it might be an outlook thing. Yeah. Potentially, it's not having the same values or not sure. Does anything help you feel okay when you're feeling shitty? Yeah, I still like to, you know, skate and things like that. That's usually just like in the moment, you know, there's no, it's not like, oh, I got to do this activity and then the feeling's gone. It's just like, it just comes like right back. So. How many people, if you've heard the podcast and it sounds like you've listened to a number of episodes, you'll hear these questions. You probably are like thinking about them. Uh, College, then in the woods, and then the two more recent attempts. How many people outside of medical professionals know about them? Um, One when I was put in the hospital, I I had to tell a family member. So I told my brother, one friend, you know, I told you this, like I got swarmed by a group of people at my house, like interventioning my ass. So. So that happened, but um, yeah, I think five or six people. The thing is, is I'm like, I, I think I actually do have like a lot of friends. It's difficult, you know. It's like I really want to be happy and nice to, and like extremely excited for my friends' accomplishments. But you know, sometimes I just can't, you know, keep it together. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you talk about this stuff ever? Do you have people in your life? And I don't even just mean like ideating or yeah, just life hard moments, stuff like that. I think I have like one person, but you know, it's not like, you know, how much can you really yeah. put on people? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can talk about it a little bit and, and people know about it, but you know, you can't, you can't always be held. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you know, always needing the feeling to be held, but that's not a realistic expectation of people in your life. You know, mm. at some point you have to be tougher, but I think part of that process of becoming tougher is just pain. You know, you're starting to endure pain when I would have, I don't know, imagine as a baby, I was crying all the time and now I can't really do that. I don't know. That's a shoot from the hip kind of metaphor or something. Yeah. You'd mentioned this earlier, so I apologize. You'd said that you put that word in. What are you looking for when you put that word into uh, wherever you put it in? The, The word suicide. I think that's the only way people find this podcast. Yeah. What are you looking for? I mean, what do you, what's the, do you remember? I, I know not self-help. <laughs> I'm looking for some way of is there like anyone out there that's also feeling like this, you know? I think this is like the probably the first time where it's like completely fine to talk about suicide if you turn it into a song or a movie, but can't talk about it as a real part of life. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it through that lens. Right. You can if you make it artsy enough, it can work. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So safe bet. You did not put the word self-help into that search function. I got it. Yeah. So it sounds like, and you, you know, of course, if I'm wrong, tell me, it sounds like you use the word ruminate. 
it sounds like you ideate. It sounds like you're still ideating. Are you ideating all the time, literally, while you work, while you talk with me, while you do errands? Yeah, like I like run. I sometimes I just have to like leave and sit in the bathroom and just you know cry. It's like crazy. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, man. Yeah, I was gonna ask a question that I don't usually ask, and I and I don't know how to ask it. It's kind of like, what's it like to be you, but not that broad. Like, what's it like to exist as you exist, and and just navigate through the world, and how your brain is your brain, and your chemistry, and whatever else, all that. It is that answerable? <laughs> what's it like? Yeah. yeah, like is that even answerable? Because I certainly wouldn't know how to answer that for me. The baseline isn't like good, and so uh, you, know, you keep your you keep your head busy with something like always so kind of always have like like tv on or always at work or always playing a game or always doing something you know always fill up the space but as soon as the space isn't filled up just not good not good thought and from what you shared you you're not going back to the hospital to get help for what it's worth and this is just my my thoughts sometimes a hospital can help they're not all evil places, I don't think. I had a shitty experience. You had a shitty experience. A lot of people I talk to have had shitty experiences. So something's not right. And I don't think people are lying. I don't think their memories are betraying them typically. I think they're just being treated really poorly. Mm-hmm. And I think it can leave a really, da- it's very damaging. No? Yeah. I, I left the hospital worse than I got in. Yeah. I remember I was having like, just panic attacks like that would land me on the floor shaking for days and stuff like that. And I never experienced anything like that until I went there. So Wow. Yeah. So not only are you not going to go back, but let's assume we need hospitals sometimes that they could, if they're being run well, they could be helpful or useful or you're probably if a friend of yours is in crises. You're probably going to think twice about suggesting he or she or they go to a hospital, especially if it's the same hospital. So, and I get why. So now you've got people who are really struggling and there's nowhere for them to go. Yeah, either way, I don't know what the hell to do here. I mean, nobody's tuning in here for answers. That's just not what this yeah. podcast is about. But I've heard, anyway, you know, I've heard it's regional too. You know, it might be luck of the draw. You know, if I was, you know, out in a Nice suburb and everything, good school system and everything. Probably be nicer. I don't know. Maybe it's place to place. Maybe it's not. I'm not sure. I live in a crowded metropolitan area. They don't got time for the shit. You know, I don't live in a crowded metropolitan area, and it was part of a large public university, and it's very well respected. <laughs> I don't know what it was like in other places. I was told they're worse, and if they're worse, I I don't want any part of that system ever again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you looked at it from afar, I mean, it aesthetically wasn't terrible. It wasn't like a fucking dungeon, but they treated yeah. people like shit. Absolute garbage mm-hmm. when they were in many cases at their lowest or most vulnerable and you're treating them like shit, which is the exact opposite of what they need. Mm-hmm. And guess who didn't go to graduate school and could still figure that shit out? This bald guy. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You don't need a... I did go to graduate school, by the way, uh, but not for that. Like you don't, you don't need, you don't need to be a medical professional. I know I'm simplifying it. I get that there is a small percentage of people who, for example, are having an absolute break from reality, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous, and you need to maybe put them in a room or in a straitjacket. I get it. Tiny mm-hmm. percentage, right? 
Mm-hmm. You did not need that, I don't think. I did not need that. Probably just needed to be sat next to for like yeah, the day. <laughs> and, and, and you will say that to people and they will look at you incredulously like, oh, it, that can't possibly be the answer. It's like, it's part of it maybe, right? Yeah. Amazing. But I'm talking in circles and it's an echo chamber, I think. You know, people who listen to this thing, they, they're already on board with our thoughts, I think. They get it. Yeah. But hey, do you have any myths that you would like to dispel before we depart? You know, mental health, mental illness, symptomatic, and it's, you know, not cured with language. I think it's just simply taking a s- step back and maybe starting to consider maybe people don't want to like and enjoy the same things as you and maybe you know kind of having to ignore so many problems in their life is making them you know sad you know it's, i don't know if i have if i have something to dispel maybe it's cuz i listen to so many right that i'm like trying to come up with something original i'm like oh i think people got it <laughs> it's been said before it's fine though yeah but i appreciate you sharing that it's an interesting point I think in some cases I'm an optimist and everything like that. And obviously uh, listening to this podcast, you wouldn't think so, but you know, I think it all depends on like, you know, what day it is. I think people do a lot of bad behaviors, not just suicide and the smallest thing will trigger a bad behavior. And it could be, who knows? It's, it's arbitrary. It's a mystery. What, why people behave the way they do. I've never understood people really or, anything like that or why people do what they do. And so mm-hmm. why people commit suicide, I don't know why people have an insatiable urge to dance. No one knows. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Although when you've listened to the uh, episodes, was there ever a question that you want me to ask that I haven't asked that you think is a question I should ask perhaps, whether it's to you or others about this stuff? Yeah, maybe something external, you know, like what in culture, society or something would change, do you think maybe less people would commit suicide if things were like this? Mm, Can you, will will you entertain me with a possible answer there? Because it's a good question. What would have to change? What might change in our culture so that it would reduce? Are we trying to reduce suicides or reduce suffering or both? Or it would affect people harming themselves and hurting themselves. I have a long list, but I don't think people give a shit about what I think. I want to hear what you think. I think if we didn't live in fear of going to prison and in incarceration, I think if, yeah, incarceration is a big one. I think if we didn't live in a culture of housing insecurity and that every decision that you make is, I have to keep my job, otherwise I'm going to lose everything. I think if we weren't feeling coerced into our careers and our lives out of like a necessity, and maybe if we were given a little extra hand, it'd be better. Very socialist thinking. Whether it's socialist thinking or not, yeah, you'll have a percentage of people, I think, maybe they don't listen to this podcast, but of course they're going to say the stuff that's like, you roll your eyes, you're like, relax. Dude, we just want people not to be fucking poor Mm -hmm. and every decision they make not be predicated on what you're talking about. We have more people, places for people to live than people that live in the United States. Still have people on the streets. Right. Give them a room. And there'll be people that would be like, that's aghast at that thought, at that idea. (laughs) 
I think that would help a lot with. Um, yeah. And we have the money. The reasons the that they think about, you know, leaving. Yeah. When you think about what we're able to do, like in the military and how quickly we're able to like form a plan and put it into effect and make shit happen. You, you could have this almost no homelessness within six months in the entire United States. You could do it. Yeah. Don't tell me we don't have the talent or the resources or the money or any of that. We do. Stop. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah. Do you think maybe people have to be homeless, for example, before they get that? Oh man, that really fucking sucks. That's a brutal way to be in the world. No, I think you just maybe just have to think about it for longer than two seconds and like actually like try and imagine imagine what it feels like. I think that's what empathy is. But like not do it as like a kind of like, you know, just say it, just say it with your mouth, you know, actually like try and like visualize it. And that's all perspectives. The way I always like to phrase it is like, how would I behave if I was born in a female body? Probably behave like way differently. Or how would I behave if I was, you know, born, you know, of a different ethnicity? Then think about the way that I behave from that perspective. A good starting point to ask those questions. Hell yeah. And also just to have friends that are different. I think just having friends of all different types of friends is a good starting point too. <laughs> right. After our conversation, M wanted to add a couple other thoughts. So I am including that audio recording here before we say goodbye. This fits in 2020, like right as the pandemic hit. It's after my like official first attempt and not like just the suicidal behavior, you know. And what was going on then? I was in grad school. I graduated spring 2020. So the whole world shut down and I had a bunch of offers and stuff for work. And I worked really hard in school and, and all of it was kind of all of it fell apart. And I was just like stuck in my apartment. And then I luckily got like a, it was like a corporate architecture job, but I hated it. And mm. they like didn't give me any responsibilities or anything. I was just like kind of sitting in my apartment with nothing to do. So I don't know, feeling worthless and everything like that. So I had like these rafters, like the, there are these uh, giant beams in my place. It was like a industrial warehouse loft that I had to move out of. I guess it was like really pretty at first. And that kind of feels dungeony when you spend that much time <laughs> in it. Yes. I was like trying to like be healthy and like start a craft whenever I was, you know, in lockdown. So I was like painting and then painting and writing. And then like, I did a painting of like the beams and everything. And it made me realize it was like kind of like a fantasy of mine to like hang from them and everything. Mm. And then eventually I just like set something up just to see it. And then would just like, I don't know, it just was all it was just in my apartment for like a month. I'd like forget about it and people would come in. No one noticed it. And every once in a while, you know, I'd just stand there and uh, like on a, on like a chair and stuff, like hoping that I'd get like courage to do it, but it would always like just step down. So mm. it's like this kind of like prolonged somewhere between ideating and attempting or fantasizing. I'm not really know how to like put it in that one. So Right. Sometimes we don't have the words. I mean, come on. Yeah. Words are words. But what is it do you think about coming close and close and closer and closer and closer? There's something about that thing that people seem, some people, me, sounds like you at that point, were like, it's intoxicating almost. Maybe that's too strong, but. I think a lot of people have said this, the feeling of control, like wanting to leave, but I don't know, being ready to leave somewhere between, you know, kind of testing like how ready you are 
yeah how much you want to i wonder also like how many people would move forward with it and attempt if they could be guaranteed one or two things one no pain and two it will you will succeed you will complete I have no idea why I'm asking, wondering this aloud. I just wonder, because I'm imagining you coming so close and then you don't do it. And I always wonder, like, what are the things that prevent people? It just, you know, it's part of the conversation in my brain anyway, you know? A natural response to everything is a fear of death. So mental desire to end it. And then your physical, just animal brain telling mm-hmm. you not to do it. So Right. How long would you stay on that space of like coming close, but then eventually coming down off the, not literal ledge, but almost literal? I don't know. There's, you know, stand up there for like a half hour. That was such a, whenever it was like super heavy lockdown, it was like so much, you know, so isolating. So isolating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, it was just this period of like constantly fantasizing about it or, or maybe it was attempting I don't know. I just thought of it as like a very strange, it was a very strange behavior that I did. And I don't know if other people just kind of kind of have things set up and then just kind of mm-hmm. fantasize about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just thinking back to the people I've spoken to. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's also hard for people to have, like you had a setup because your space allowed for it and you're pretty, mm-hmm. you're a design guy. Some people just don't think that way. They're just like, hey, there's a gun or hey. I'll just drive to the bridge, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. I appreciate you being open and honest. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Stay well, Michelle. Take care. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to M down in Georgia. Thank you, M. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter, at SuicideNoted. And you can also contact us through our website. It is up and out to the world, though we are still working on it, SuicideNoted.com. And of course, I will put links in the show notes for additional ways you can support this podcast. However you choose to support, however you are involved, we really appreciate it. And that is all for episode number 106. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.